0: Hello everyone, I'm Annie Gibbons and you're listening to Memoirs of Successful Women, the podcast where you get to hear candid conversations with fascinating women from around the globe who share aspects of their business and life journey, how they measure their success and what they have learned along the way. So, and welcome to Memoirs of Successful Women. Today I have the gorgeous Paula Shepherd who calls herself the confidence guru and so we're going to be talking all things uh, career, empowerment, how are you actually positioned in the right place. We as women often a challenge that we suddenly go off on this sort of um, adult journey, career journey and some of it is by default and it can result in our uh, finding yourself in a place that you're not real comfortable, not really happy in. And so Paula knows all about that journey. She's walked it herself through 17 years of corporate career. And so she's going to be able to share with with us today what her journey has been and how she now works with women to increase their confidence about finding where they should be. And then through that process, becoming fearless, which we all want to be. So welcome to the program, Paula.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here.
0: <laughs> Terrific. So let's start right back then in your journey of, you know, you're a mum of four, you, you know, you've had an incredibly successful career um, on the face of it. And then you suddenly come to a moment and went, you know what, this isn't really where I should be, but how do I get out of it? So tell us all about what was your your journey and and what did it result in?
1: Yes. So my journey started. I'll give you the abbreviated version, um, but the journey really started with you know when you go to college, um, you have to figure out what you want to be, and you're so young. And I really, at first, I chose a job. I really, I changed my major three times, and I, I chose a job that I thought I would really love, which was in music. And I heard a lot of noise in the background about why I shouldn't do that. It wouldn't pay a lot of money. They were going to get rid of music in the schools. And so I chose a career and a path in communication. I just went, let's get <laughs> as bland as we could get. If you're not going to get a business degree, get a communication degree. right? Right. And I knew that I wanted to be in journalism in some way. I actually had a PR emphasis and I really loved all of that. But somehow I got out of college and I did not get a job doing and what I started to do was see people around me getting jobs, and the market was very tight at the time. I just tried to get a job so that I could make a lot of money. Well, what I wound up with was a job in a nonprofit to start with. Mm-hmm. And I loved my job, but I made a pittance and I adored it. I loved the people I worked with. They showed up because they loved their job. Um, but I wasn't making any money. So I left mm. and I wound up getting a job through um, a friend. Um, and then also then again, through my sister who was working for a company, fortune 500 company and shifted more to a government contractor role. And in that role, I was able to almost triple my salary (laughs) Wow! from my nonprofit. And so I was like, wow, there's something in this. And I loved it because initially because I could learn, but what happened over the course of time was it became a competition with myself because I was so ambitious that I I just really wanted to make more money. Because the answer to me as a young person was if I make more money, I'll be happy. I'll be able to buy all these things. I'll be able to do all these things. I'll be able to afford all this stuff. But then you just try to keep up. And so you wind up needing more money and more money and more money. Like the money is not fulfilling. And you don't realize that as you're growing up. So I here I am 40 years old in my corporate job. And, um, it was actually the year I was turning 40 and I just really knew that I didn't like it anymore. Mm. There was something about it. I was getting upset all the time. Um, it didn't really resonate with the people that were there. People that I really loved to work with were leaving the job. And I was realizing that when it, when it came down to it, that I didn't like the job I liked the people that I was around yeah. and that I couldn't do this for the rest of my life. Because at first I had conceded that I would be doing this until I retired. Yes. And that seemed so far away that I did not want to be miserable for that long. So when I, the year I turned 40, um, I made a decision that I was going to leave my job by August 31st of 2020. And of course, I told very few people this, but I did tell some people this. I had no idea how I was going to get there. I just knew I was going to do it. In the meantime, I had gone through a coaching certification program. But I didn't really know what that meant. I thought I would get certified and I would just be a business owner and I would just know what I was doing. And I graduated and I didn't know what I was doing. But then I saw that date coming and hired a coach um, and spent a lot of money on a coach that I was not prepared to spend, but I was really desperate because I needed to be out of this situation. Hmm. And actually, that was in February of 2020. And in May, I gave my notice and left that job. And so I have been a full-time entrepreneur since then. And I have been building my business and really figuring out who I am in the process more and more and more. Um, And I will say to anyone that's listening to this, thinking, well, I can't do that. You know, what does she have going on in her life that allows her to do that? I didn't have a big savings account Mm -hmm. at all. Um, I was the um, primary breadwinner in our family. By a long shot. I made well over six figures in my corporate jobs. So leaving was not an easy thing for us to do financially. It wasn't something that I could just say, okay, well, I'm just going to be a stay at home mom now, or I'm going to do this thing. I have four children. The youngest is four, the oldest is 15. Mm-hmm. And so we have those expenses as well. And I also carried the health insurance and here in the U S that is not a cheap thing. <laughs> yeah. So I had really all the cards stacked against me, but I wasn't willing to let those things allow me to feel the way that I felt every single day Mm -hmm. when I was going into a job that just didn't light me up and taking the risk to do something that I was passionate about and remembering how I felt all those years ago when I didn't make a lot of money, but really loved my job, Mm -hmm. uh, started to light that fire again in me. Mm
0: Wow, I think a lot of people will be relating to that. You know, how how quickly... 15 to 20 years can go by and then through a through a chain of events you end up in a in a role and it and it doesn't mean that you're not good at it you're probably very good at it you know and so and knowing that you like the people you're with but you don't love the job and then that's got to um some people will be sitting there going is it a midlife crisis you know like what happens at at 40 of sitting back and going oh my gosh like I do I'm in a bit of a predicament really because if you're the primary bread Winner, right? And you've also got four children in tow. You're also got college fees coming up, and in the US, that's a massive commitment. And so, how does that affect the family conversations? You know, what does it happen when you? You know, you're describing that sort of emotional feeling of I just feel like I'm suffocating. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm just not happy. And I know when I worked in the nonprofit and and worked to give back to people and to, you know, be more motivational, empowering, encouraging all those sorts of skill sets. Um, I'm happier, but, you know, as you know, as you had experienced, it doesn't pay very well. So what happens in the family conversation, first of all, for those listening for you in your scenario?
1: So my husband had spent a lot of time listening to me upset about my job. Um, he would spent a lot of time on the phone with me with when I was in tears on the way home or on the way to work. Um, and I don't think I had ever really talked to him about leaving officially. And when my side gig <laughs> started to become more than a side gig while I had a full time, um, I know that he really saw that there was something that could be there. And I remember going to him in May and saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm looking at what I've made the last two months and I've done phenomenal. How are I just, I need to leave this job. I don't think I can make it till August. And he said, then leave, leave the job. Um, and of course that kind of took me aback a little bit because I was thinking, is he joking? <laughs> am, I, am I, is this where I'm supposed to say, no, I can't do that right now. Uh, but I, that I, I actually said, well, I'm ready to do this right now. And he was like, well, then go do it. So I originally, I said, I was going to wait until the end of May and I made it 24 hours. And he, he was like, I'm surprised you didn't do this sooner. So I'm very lucky that I have a spouse, a partner that supports me in that way. I know that there are women that I have spoken with that maybe don't have that, um, But I will also say that sometimes we make some assumptions as women and we project what our internal feelings that what that inner critic is saying to other people without giving them an opportunity to have their own say. And if we give them, if we give them that chance, sometimes we hear something that we're surprised by. Yes. And I think that's what happened with me. I did not expect to leave my job in May. And if somebody would have told me a year and a half ago that I would be an entrepreneur, I probably would have laughed at them.
0: (laughs) Did you set up your new business from scratch or you'd referred there, it was already a side hustle for you. So you were juggling both at the same time, which is why it was also becoming overwhelming when you then um, decided to drop the main job and then go into your business of passion um we'll call it then what was the difference what was the energy like what were you able to then achieve quite rapidly
1: um I got to be around people that I chose to be around and that made all the difference in my day um I got to especially having children that were home because of COVID it gave me the opportunity to be able to make my own schedule which felt very strange Yes. Uh, there were times where I would go to the store in the middle of the day and I would be worried that <laughs> even though I wasn't, didn't have a job, I'd be worried that I had a job, but I didn't have a corporate job anymore. And I would be concerned like, oh, what if somebody realizes that I'm not online and I would have to snap myself to And remember, well, wait a minute, you're the boss. <laughs> you give yourself permission to do this. Um, but for me, I just, I feel like don't know I it was such a liberating feeling for me Mm -hmm. to leave my job and to step out of that comfort zone and I don't gosh I don't even know I I don't even have words for it I when I think back on it now even now I look at it it's hard for me to imagine that I've been doing this for six months Mm -hmm.
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah. What were the biggest challenges when you suddenly went from that full-time corporate mode to then, um, setting up, you know, being six months into your, your business, what have been the biggest challenges for you? The biggest
1: challenge for me was getting over the nine to five mentality, Mm. that idea that you have to work five days a week, um, eight hours a day or 10 to 12 hours a day that you didn't have to kill yourself. There were a lot of times, like I mentioned, in my corporate job where I was worried that someone might think I'm not working. So I was always quick to respond to people. If someone sent me an instant message or someone emailed me, I wanted to respond right away. And I was always very, very concerned that someone would think something ill of me if I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I carried that initially into my new world. Right. When I left that position and it's hard, it's a hard thing to get to a hard mode to get out of Yeah, going from that employee mindset to that CEO mindset. And even still, I sometimes see myself fall back into it, not intentionally, of course, but because there's no one there to say, okay, your day is done. And you're the only person that you're counting on, right? Unless you have a team here, a teammate here and there. So I think that in and of itself was really the most difficult thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly, I think the beauty in this timeline and leaving my job amidst the pandemic was that it really forced me to look at business in a way that many people weren't used to and were still learning. So I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was behind the curve. I felt like I was right in alignment with people and sometimes ahead of it. And I was able to meet so many amazing people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. I would have been relying on local networking events Mm. instead of international networking events Mm. or having coffee with someone from the UK. Um, or, you know, getting the opportunity to work with a writing coach from Barbados. So these are people that I never would have met if it hadn't have been, hadn't have been for this moment. Mm. So there aren't very many challenges that I can think of right now that I've had. Now, for some people, the social media thing can be a bit squirrely mm. and you find yourself um, really sucked into it, but I had switched gears a long time ago and decided that I was turning all my notifications off on my phone, that I was only using my laptop for work and not my phone. So I was already creating boundaries for myself as I was creating my job so that I wouldn't be constantly working.
0: Mm, I think that's a really good tip to teach people that that's right. One, one part of becoming an entrepreneur makes you feel like, Oh my goodness, I can use my time as I, I should free up time, you know, um, and then it can become overwhelming because all of a sudden you, that's it you're CEO of everything and so that's right turning turning your apps on or using them intentionally in certain ways um, there's there's still a massive requirement to shut down the noise right because there's so many new things that you're now learning uh, so for example social media such um, or, just meeting up with different people in different time zones and and getting all of that sort of thing right exactly Uh, how did you find um how did other people respond to you like we we've talked previously about you know that you know that negative voice in your head and, and sort of proving things to yourself but you'll also have people who will then be very quick to judge or have an opinion about what you've done how did you find that that's a good question. I think I hit a little bit initially.
1: I was using my personal profile was strictly on Facebook in particular and social media. I was only talking about my personal life I did not talk about business. I didn't talk about my opinions. I didn't talk about what I was doing, but when I left my job, it was so liberating that I started speaking out and I started talking more and more about who I was and some of my stories from my, my past, my history that I hadn't necessarily shared out loud. That probably in the past I would have thought it might've been an overshare, yeah. um, but people really resonated with that. And I, I really focused on co- being courageous and, and building that confidence. And that in and of itself really drew in an audience, not just people who would be potential clients, but I invited people into to my group that were kind of all over the world and really struggling. Even people that didn't have businesses that didn't really know who they were and were almost stuck in the same place that I was. And in that, you mentioned midlife crisis before. Um, but yeah, and, and having that moment where you're not, you're, you're looking at your life and going, is this it? Well, maybe this is all that I was meant for, but I really feel this pang to do something more. Mm. Um, And being able to serve those people in a way, even if it's, even if it's for free and giving them inspiration and camaraderie um, in a Facebook community.
0: Mm, mm. That's it. I think once you open up your um, authentic self and start sharing candidly, all of a sudden people are are, are refreshed by that. And they'll be attracted to that because they'll then want to share their own stories. Why do you think so many women are in this situation around 40, around 50 of going, you know, how did I get to this stage and and I'm not in the right place? What do you think socially is happening there? It happens more than men, right? It, It
1: does. It feels like it does. So one of the things that I have noticed, and I think it still continues, even when people do decide to go out and start their own businesses, et cetera, is they're listening to what other people are saying and they're not defining their own version of success mm. or what they want their life to look like. And so for instance, I was talking about this in terms of coaching. We'll hear a lot of coaches say, you know, scale to 10 K months, scale to 10 K months, but that's not everyone's version of success. Yeah, You know, some people just want just you know, have a 3K month and they want to make sure that they have time. they're off on this day and this day and they spend time with their family or they want to be able to go anywhere, to go on vacation whenever they want. Everyone's definition of success doesn't look the same. And I think that starts really early on. And I, I'm evidence of that, I believe, when we ask the, these kids, we ask children to decide what they want to be for the rest of their lives. And you go to college and particularly in the US where you're spending a lot of money, many people in college, you know, loan debt, and you have either parents or you that are paying for something, you almost feel this obligation to follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've heard that from so many women where they're stuck in a job and they don't want to leave because their parents paid for their education or they spent all of these years and they feel like they would have just wasted it if they stopped now, but they just have this calling to do something more. Mm -hmm. And there's this, time, and especially now this evolution within this pan with the pandemic, particularly where people are getting the opportunity where they never have before potentially to work from home yeah. and see and feel what that's like. And knowing that they never want to go back to an office. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to do that. They want to choose their schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what happens is we fall in line with what society tells us to do. And we're, and it's very difficult for us to step out of those bounds Mm -hmm. and do what feels right in our heart and our gut. And we get to this age where we realize, screw it, I'm going to do whatever I want because I don't, life is too short. 20 years went by just like that. I still don't like what I do and I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And many of the women that I've spoken to are mothers, Um, not all, but many mothers in particular, they don't want their children to do this. They don't want their children to waste 20 years doing what they did. And their transformation is so evident to their kids. They want it to be so that their kids know that they can do what they want to do. They can go to college if they want. They don't have to go to college if they don't want to. They can be an entrepreneur. They can work for someone if they want to. Um, But that their potential is limitless and not bounded by society judgments mm-hmm. truly
0: yeah I think that's such good advice and I've definitely noticed that shift in in, in a generation know I've just been out for lunch with my daughters on the weekend actually and had that same sort of conversation they're in their 20s now and it's it's a bit bit of how are you going in your in your life and are you are you Working to achieve your your best self, and one of them wants to be an actress, and the other one is into statistics. You know, like polar opposite girls, uh, but therefore need to be balance uh, are designing their lives very differently. And I think that's a whole new generation that I wouldn't have done. You know, I did a, a qualification because it was expected of me, and have done a whole crazy journey of three degrees to get to be, be a CEO where I am now. And so that's right, I think this enlightenedness and this awareness of women um, in the 40s and 50s now goes and says, okay, how can we change that? And it's a good thing to change that when having those conversations with our, our children. Um, but I know it's still really difficult because that's right, we've, we've put them through schools, we want them to earn well, we want them to be set up well, you know that desire of for them. You know it's a really fine line of backing them and supporting them, but also you know not wanting them to, you know, be poor or fall on their face a lot of times, or you know, to be have uh, have those hard times, even though we know that's how they how they learn and grow, right? So it'll be very different for you coming through with your with your four uh, being able to make you know have those discussions with them. So those ladies that you're now attracting in your business, you're calling yourself the confidence guru. Why have you called yourself the confidence guru? Well, um,
1: I have stepped out of my own shell, right? So I, I quieted myself for a very long time. Um, and I it took me a very long time to feel confident. I used to walk into a room and I'd be quiet and I'd take the chair on the the perimeter of the room in the office and um i've done so much work personally to bring out the and and courage i say i think it's more about courage and taking courageous steps and being really brave being able to take those risks i've been able to help so many other women do the same thing by really getting down to who they are um and I actually had a client of mine refer to me as the confidence guru
0: <laughs> and
1: it just kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it, we said it kind of jokingly, right. But it stuck and it's a hashtag they use on my LinkedIn, uh, as well. And also on Instagram at times, but these women go from uncertain and very unsure of themselves to no longer asking permission even when they're in relationships, they're not asking their spouse if they can do this. They're telling their spouse, this is what I want to do Mm -hmm. and approaching their relationship as a partnership Mm -hmm. instead of creating this expectation that they have to ask people for permission to move forward. Mm -hmm. So there are a variety of different areas that women I've worked with, um, you know, stay-at-home moms. I have worked with women in direct sales. I have worked with women that um, have a nine to five job. They're not looking to get out of it. Uh, They just are looking for a sounding board in their relationships. And they're looking to change the way that they show up in those so that they can show up more confidently and not feel as though they're being taken advantage of. Mm. Um, And because of that, there's, there's such an array of women that I work with in all different walks of life that. Why not the confidence group guru? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: I we totally can all celebrate that. ourselves in some way. Exactly, exactly. And what better way to do that than um, have your it's how your clients refer to you? Often in business we we kind of find it difficult to articulate. You know what exactly do we do and then and that's what I did even um, my, my my program's called magic transformation and that was because I asked people what do I do and they said you make magic happen right so it's really interesting that that's that same sort of concept of it's actually really on point um, because your business is actually what people receive from you rather than what you think you do right uh, so I totally I totally love that you talk also about as your confidence rises, your your fear falls away. You know, what sort of fears do you notice with your clients that, you know, seemed huge and then don't become a problem?
1: Yeah, they don't trust themselves. They just don't trust themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't trust that they'll hold themselves accountable. They don't trust that they can have a life that looks different than the one that they have right now. Um, they don't trust they can have a relationship that looks different. And, I, and when I say a relationship, I mean, first and foremost, the one that they have with themselves, they don't believe that any of that is possible for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really the first thing. But, and I mentioned this before, they don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. They've never had an opportunity to explore who they are. They've been told things like the world doesn't revolve around you or, um, to be humble. Um, or to know when to stop. And all of those things subconsciously affect them to the point that they they stop. They stop speaking up, they stop speaking out, and they need to rediscover who they are. And I think as we step through different periods of our lives, we need to do that work mm-hmm. um, more readily because we do change as an individual. So um, really for these women, it is all about learning who they are Mm. Mm.
0: which is so it's so strange that we have to do that you know but but so much that's right we I think as women we often just don't take the time to pause we don't take the time to sit back and sort of yeah who am I or and to do it regularly you know the fact that we do change people often think I haven't changed that much of course you will change you will change you know, from you know, in your early twenties a lot, or you should, you know, as you grow into yourself, finding those passions and areas that, you know, get you excited and also get you angry, you know, to learn your emotional responses to things to find out where you, where you fit and, and, and who you should surround yourself with, you know, the big choices that you make intentionally with your, you know, your friendship circles and the way, and the way, as you referred to, the way you show up in your relationships, you know, it's, it's, it's all a a huge part of our journey that we do need to take seriously. Many people I find through their coaching though, um, also need support while doing that, right? Because as they change, other people don't like the changes. Other people will suddenly push back and go, who are you? Like, that's not you. So you're finding yourself and they're saying it, you're you're not you. You're not the person that they're used to working with. Do you find that in your coaching? Oh my
1: goodness. I'm so glad that you brought this up. because This was, when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, I gotta mention that fear as well. Um, yes, I see this all the time. Mm. I saw this in myself and it, and it happens as you go through the evolution because you, you do lose friends, you lose people in your life that you, and it hurts because you, these are people that maybe you've stood behind. The reality is they're not going where you are. Mm. And that doesn't mean that you are discarding them. It just means your circle changes. And people have these seasons in your life. Mm. So I do see this fear of, if I do this, I don't think my marriage will make it. Or if I do this, um, I'm going to lose my friend. Or I'm starting to lose my friends. And, and or I'm starting to lose this person. Or people are telling me that I'm acting differently. And they may be acting differently. Or maybe they're just being themselves. And the armor has fallen off. Yes. And they're finally free. To show up authentically as themselves. Um, This is, this happens all the time. And and it really is, uh, it takes a lot of mindset work. It takes a lot of digging in and really realizing where you're going and not focusing on where you've been knowing that, okay, well, yes, you've lost this one person, but who did you gain? Yes. Who, who has come into your life recently and really changing your focus mourning the loss of that friendship right not not discarding it you can mourn the loss of that friendship but knowing that you celebrated it while you could while they were a part of your life in that moment and now you're you are now focused on the new people that are coming into your life that are celebrating you right here and now
0: because Mm -hmm. you owe it to yourself and you owe it to those people (laughs) exactly and i think that's that's the point it's permission for yourself to to move on you know I think that that for me that's been one of the most huge things that I've noticed with people they they want the change that they they fear the response or they feel uncomfortable or they feel like a bad person because suddenly they don't align and it makes them feel uncomfortable and so it's that's right. I think when you said mourn those friendships, you know, some of the friendships will stay, but the ones the ones that don't allow you to be yourself as you evolve, they have served their time, you know, and it doesn't make you a bad person to let them go. It doesn't mean that it wasn't great while you were there. It actually just means that, yeah, it's something that you need to celebrate it and move on from. And that's exactly it. Once you make those sort of shifts, the world opens up with all these other people who are there to support you in this next stage of your journey, right? It's just, it never ceases to surprise me. You suddenly open a door and there's just so many opportunities. And you look back, like you've looked back after six months and went, What was it even a decision? You know, <laughs> why exactly. did I take this long? Everyone always says, Why did I take this long? You know, um, no one says, "Oh, you know, I, maybe I jumped a little bit early." It's always the opposite, and um, and there, that's right. And then that's that's it. I think as women too, you know, on my journey, I noticed, you know, I had my kids um, fairly young, and you automatically become friends with the people in mothers' group, or the or people in a play group, or the people who and in your street, or whatever. And you can like you can get careers in the, in just by default you can also get friends by default and they're lovely and they're supportive in that stage but when you have all in common is your baby or your toddlers or whatever that's not going to be who you are as you then grow in in yourself and your career in your journey and the things that you're personally passionate about and so it is hard and you cry over these friendships because you've been through nice. such incredible special times with them um, but it's, yeah, it's actually, it's okay. There's only so many hours in the day and, and um, we want to be spending them wisely. I love what you shared today about, you know, different versions of success because this podcast is all about, you know, successful women and what does that look like? And, and like you said, you know, some people it is. It is the, it is the maximum um, financial win. Um, and, but for most it's not. It's about, that's right, getting the balance what does that, that look like in your in yourself, you know, with your health and wellness? What does it look like in your home environment? Yeah, that's right. Being around kids who you might be homeschooling, um, having time for travel flexibility, um, it, it does give you, a you know, we'll all view success in a different way. So where do you want your business to go now? What do you see happening for you as you grow on your journey?
1: I gosh, you know, I really love, I've, I've loved being on podcasts. I've, I've loved that. I love showing up for my community and doing trainings. I do them once a week. So I have no problem showing up on video and I love to talk. It's hard to get me to be quiet sometimes. (laughs) So I really, I see myself expanding into that space and doing a podcast. Um, I also have a book that I've been writing on and off. Um, And so, I'm very excited about it, uh, but I have, I've had other things going on, so I haven't been able to focus on it. But in terms of business growth, um, I, I see my business growing. I see being able to um, have my husband leave his job so he could be my business manager. I uh, see being able to hire other women who are looking to leave their nine-to-five and really resonate with me, but have that fear. Um, of really stepping out on their own and maybe even being a temporary place for them to get their feet wet. Um, but I do see my business growing exponentially and I'm right now pivoting to more automation and delegation to allow for that growth.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the exact same step and uh, yeah that's a, that's a whole realignment as well isn't it suddenly just getting to a stage where you yeah that's right you can't do everything and you want to you need to know what to what to outsource and how to how to make that happen Oh, well. well, it's been a delight chatting to you today. I really loved our conversation and I love the journey that you've shared so openly and in such a transparent way. I think there's going to be a lot of people listening in thinking, yeah, that's me. You know, that's right. How did I get into this role? I'm waiting for your, your chapter of music. You said at the beginning you're interested in music. Was that right?
1: Did you? I yes, I originally was going to college to be a music teacher. <laughs> yeah,
0: so there's um, actually a bit of a music bent there somewhere coming out in your journey. It's really interesting, I think, when when we when we process our journeys, finding what was there originally and then what's its position. And sometimes it's the full time thing, and sometimes it's just a side passion. But they'll always work their way out. So that might happen in your fifties. <laughs> yeah, going to be looking for it. <laughs> you never know You never know. so everyone uh if if this resonates with you today uh, com- uh contact Paula I'll have all of her details on my podcast platform definitely just google the confidence guru and you'll find her very easily and uh yeah I wish you all the best in your future success
1: thank you so much I am have had such a great time talking to you you're lovely <laughs> thanks
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Memoirs of Successful Women. You can find me at AnnieGibbons.com, where you can download my free resources, get connected on social and check out my online magic transformation program. If you love this show, feel free to subscribe to future episodes. And of course, share it with your friends. I'll see you again soon. And until then, happy podcasting.